Welcome to the Earn Your Edge podcast. I'm Corey Lumberg. And I'm Cameron McCormick. And today we've got another two by two, an Edge Express episode, quick episode that we tried this format out a couple weeks ago and we got some good feedback on it. Just are an opportunity for us to share a few things that are on our, our minds. We've got a few things uh, that you'll hear. First is Cam speaking to habit formation and the advice giving effect, right? It's the end of the year. We want to uh, start afresh. We want to develop good habits so we can achieve the goals that we have for 2020. And yeah. Yeah. And then I've got a, a training aid that I want to tell everybody about along with a little bit of a challenge for the golfers that are listening. Okay, let's jump right in. We are back for another Edge Express 2x2. A reminder, we did one of these a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and this is where we just have a little quicker, short-form episode where we just get ourselves a chance to share a couple things that are on our minds that we think will be helpful to the listeners. Yeah, particularly this time of year, at the risk of, like I guess, breaking the evergreen rule when you're trying to publish something, whether it be podcast or or, or video content. I think it's a pretty critical period in uh, the year where we're doing what now? We're reflecting. Exactly. We've got an end of year coming and we've also got an end of decade. And so to the extent that reflection is an important practice, one of the things that uh, typically happens from that reflection is goal setting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hold on really quick. You said end of decade and I just was, that really caught my attention. What were you doing on December 20th, whatever it is, uh, two thousand. I would have been at Brook Hollow teaching just as I am here at Trinity Forest today. There would have been a really good chance I was getting ready to go to Australia, I think. I think I went to Australia in 2009 with my family. Yeah. Wow. A lot's happened since then. A lot has happened since then. 10 years. Okay. Sorry. I'll let you get back to goal setting. Yeah. We're, I guess, reflecting on what's been achieved in a decade. It's been a fantastic uh, 10 years, hasn't it? Yeah. No doubt. You've gone from living in Austin. I was in Austin and no, no, no. Yeah. I was in Austin in 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you moved to Houston and now you've been in Dallas for three years. Yeah. Almost four years. Almost four years now. Yeah. Cool. So uh, in the context of like w- what happens at the end of the year, people, New Year's resolutions, set goals. And one of the things that uh, uh, I think I'd like to discuss with you is how you turn those goals into habits. And you most recently read Atomic Habits. Yeah, I have. James yeah. Clear. Yeah. So I guess the first of the two by two that I have is kind of a book recommendation, even though I'm only 50 pages into the same book that you recommended to me. Yeah. My recommendation is it's one of, it's been a while since I've read it. It was probably early in the year I mm-hmm. read it. And without a doubt, one of those Quake books that Ryan Holiday spoke of is books that you just catch at just the right time and really resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, a big thing in my own personal pursuits, I guess, are just continuing to grow like the habit of better discipline. Yeah. And well, if you pull on that thread of habit, what is a habit? What is a habit? Yeah, ritualize, you... ritualize routine. You want a habit in particular? No, no, no. Okay. Just generally. Yeah. Something that's ritualized, something that is, I guess I, I think of being maybe more mundane, mm-hmm. minding the mundane. We talk about the yeah. mundanity of excellence. There's so something that you do that really reaches the level of uh, being automatic. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess going down that a little bit further, what do you think of the things that prevent us from achieving goals or turning behaviors into habits? They're hard. What's hard about them? Well, it's hard to start something new. To make it part of your process is a difficult thing for a lot of people to do. So one of the things that, I, and again, I'm only 50 pages into a book that you've already read, and it's been a while since you've reviewed right, it, yeah. right? So kind of straining your memory, and certainly uh, mine's not full yet, my yeah. knowledge base. But James talks about identity as being one of the critical, one of the cornerstone things that moves a behavior mm-hmm. towards being a habit. 
Do you recall that part of the book? Yeah. And I recall a conversation that we recently had that I'll allude to here where Mm -hmm. I'm trying my hardest to keep up with Cameron in the gym, which is not an easy task right now. And we had a conversation of you, you texted me and said, Hey, can you, you want to meet at 8am or Mm -hmm. maybe it was earlier than that. It might've been earlier than that. And likely earlier than that. Yeah. Likely (laughs) earlier than that. I would have liked it to have been 8am. And we had had a crazy week where we've had our French clients in and we're already, we already are busy and teaching a lot, but that particular week it was, it was a lot. And I really would have liked to have not gone in the morning. I would like that would have liked to have had that extra couple hours of sleep. But I thought about it and I thought, man, right now, Corey, who I am right now is Mm -hmm. not a person that would go get up, get his butt out of bed. But I need to be. And so if I do it this one time, then it's this one occasion that's contributing to the building of possibly a new identity. And and I can then identify myself as someone like I see you as that someone that just does it. And Mm -hmm. and I don't always recognize myself in this context of fitness and health and, and working out and stuff like that. But each time is like one little bit of getting closer to that, making a habit. The first, I guess, point would be making sure that the habits that you're trying to create to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve, you build them through maybe an identity that you're sure. uh, kind of structuring or scaffolding uh, around. Absolutely. It. And it's interesting when you recommended that book to me, I just recently listened to a podcast. I don't recall which one, but a young lady by the name of Wendy Wood, who wrote a book titled Good Habits, Bad Habits, and the Science of Making Positive Habits That Stick. In that book, she describes creating high friction between the habit that you have fallen into that you might consider poor or bad and the habit that you want to get into, the good one. So that might be a uh, dieting practice uh, where you're trying to change what you would typically do when you go to the fridge or go to the pantry by just making it much more difficult to make the poor choice, removing the temptation. Yeah, sure. Because what you're not, what you're wanting to find there that would then kind of feed that bad habit is just uh, completely removed. That would be another point to move you towards developing those good habits. She also makes a point that the 21 days to bust a habit is a complete myth right. and it came about in the in the 70s, but she said there's no, no research to confirm that. So on that habit front, I, I guess the summary would be we've got to make those good decisions much easier to make by proximity to the things that we want to cultivate and high friction points of resistance between the things that would kind of move us towards uh, making the poor choice. Yeah. And then identity also being that, that first one that we talked about. So as people are reflecting back on the year, deciding what they want to change, it's a pretty good lens to look through of here's how I need to start to actually take action on those, you know, we call them resolutions that that has that connotation to them that to me, at least that those are things that don't last very long where new habits can if you cultivate in the right way. Right. Correct. Can I go with my second before you jump in yeah, with your sure. two? Because yeah. the second one links to the first one. Okay. And it goes back to what you discussed, attraction or distraction versus, versus attraction, attraction in yeah. a previous the two by two and the advice giving effect. So another podcast that I was listening to spoke to the advice giving effect and it's from a researcher named Lauren Eskers Winkler, who works with Angela Duckworth of yeah. Grit Fame. And she said that she was studying a relationship between giving advice and the effect it has on the person that gives the advice. And interestingly enough, she says it's a strong connection between the person giving the advice and them actually getting better at that particular behavior. And she goes on further in that podcast to reveal why. And the why behind it is because it causes us to take a deeper inventory on how well we're actually living what it is that we're advising. And so maybe a point of note is to 
Uh, I guess if you're struggling in some area, either achieving a goal or establishing and setting a brand new good behavior or habit is consider the advice that you would give someone that causes you to be held accountable to that advice. I'll add on to that a Mm -hmm. little bit because we do, when we talk about mental tools and strategies that we can have on the golf course, it relates a little bit to that. Like uh, we called it in the combine, the best friend rule Mm -hmm. as in it, not as it relates to like what you're talking about, but as as a way to combat like negative self-talk, the stories and narratives that we create for ourselves right. is to say, if you're in a situation on the golf course where you're facing some adversity and you're defaulting to negative self-talk as many do to instead institute the best friend rule is if your best friend was in this exact situation, what would you tell them in that situation? Does it connect? Love it. Yeah. The advice giving effect. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Very cool. Okay. Moving on. Okay. So my two are pretty quick here. First, I have a training aid recommendation, which this is one of the things that we wanted to do in these two by twos is recommend some of the tools that we're actually using. And we've gotten one recently called, it's from a company called Sensu Sports. I got an email from the gentleman who made this, uh, Nils, and he's German, and I'm not going to be able to say his last name, but we'll we'll provide a Thanks, link Nils. to this somewhere. Yeah, thank you, Nils. I got an email that said, hey, I have this tool. I think you might be interested. Do you want me to send you one? And what it is, is a, a pair of sunglasses that you can see out of until the little sensor that you put next to the ball hears a certain sound, mm-hmm. and that sound is of impact. And at that moment, it blacks out for a period of time, and you can change how much time. So basically occlusion glasses, a version of occlusion glasses, mm-hmm. to where you or uh, eliminating visual feedback for what has just happened and really forcing the player to depend on tactile feedback, their proprioception, their kinesthetic awareness. And I've gotten to play around with this the last little bit. And I with think how many it, players, uh, half a dozen okay. players and the feedback that I've gotten has been awesome. And as thinking about all the different use cases as a coach, I haven't even begun to get into all of them. I've done a lot of putting. Yeah. So we, so we've got a, a professional player that was here from France who was a really good player, but struggling with a lot of touch stuff. And so we went out and we did some normal leapfrog activities, which that's a, a touch task that we would do on the putting green where you try to get a ball to finish at a long spot. And then the next one, just short, just short, just short. And we we've often used with that a lot of error detection. Like, did you do it? And now we've got like error detection on steroids is because you can't cheat. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to depend on what you're feeling right now. And so the feedback that I've gotten from all the players that have used it is that and one player even said, again, I'm, I'm testing this as a tool. And so I'm interviewing the clients a lot of the time. And one of the students said, I feel like I turned my feel on. Like they, they flipped a switch and my feel is on right now. And I thought that was a really cool way to look at it. And that's the experience that I had as well. I felt very external with everything and Mm -hmm. focused on the environment and kind of what effect I had created. And it's been used extensively in baseball. Right. To tennis too, I think. Yeah. To improve the acuity or the the speed at which someone will pick up the type of pitch coming at them. Uh, Certainly tennis and reaction time and basketball and reaction time. I think I recall seeing video of Steph Curry and LeBron James wearing uh, I think it's called Synaptech, which is just yeah. a different company that makes a very similar sort of uh, glasses. But in this case, this is unique because it communicates with a device that senses impacts. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there, there's I'll, a, I'll look to use it. on the basketball when there's been a test on rebounding mm-hmm. of a player shooting from a certain angle or s- certain spot on the court. And then the rebounding player having to guess 
where that rebound is going to be located with, you know, just based on the trajectory of the shot that you saw at that moment, yep. where it came from, right. the speed of it, and then trying to guess where it, so Very similar. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty, All right. pretty Check cool. It out. Yeah. So it's not for sale yet, but you can go onto their website and apply to be a beta tester. So if you've got any interest in it, it'll be for sale soon, but you can be an early tester. How does for it make it. you feel that you're, you're selected? Yeah, I don't know why. I have no idea why. I didn't why. get it yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why, but I'm pretty happy about <laughs> it. You. you must have known how much of a target hugger I am, <laughs> and that I would appreciate that. It's the holidays, and finding the perfect gift can be a challenge. But if there's a golfer on your list, and I've got a bunch on mine, it's easy. Give the number one gift in golf, Titleist. I give Titleist golf balls because I love getting them myself. I mean, what's not to like about it? Unwrapping a dozen Pro V1, Pro V1X, or AVX golf balls. You tear that paper open and see that dozen box with a shiny Titleist script and you immediately just want to get out on the course and tee one up. And here's the best part. You don't have to worry about sizes or styles. Young or old, beginner or expert, they fit every golfer. And there's no gift receipt required. Take my advice and put a birdie down for yourself on this season's holiday shopping list. Give Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, or AVX golf balls. Titleist, the number one ball in golf and the number one gift in golf too. My next one was a challenge. This mm-hmm. is uh, something that I would like all of the players, the golfers that are listening to try to complete a little bit of a thought project in an effort to help you become a better coach, a better self-coach. One of the things that we've done with some players recently that we had for our French combine here was we had them list their likely misses and known solutions. So this sounds pretty simple, but it's say, take driving, for example, what's the most likely miss to occur? And now I'm going to list the three known solutions that I have. And as you described that, I immediately jumped to my driving miss would be face left open to the right. Okay. And my known solutions are longer, slower backswing so I can get turned behind it. That gives me the time needed to square the club face. So that would be kind of list number one. So that's really cool. Yeah. I, th- I think everyone, anyone listening to this is probably already jumping to, oh yeah. Okay. And the, and the more you write them down, that principle That's where the power is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where the real power is because you, you figure out one thing really, really quick is you may not have the known solutions. And in mm-hmm. that case, you need to go be with a coach and figure out what those are. But man, just writing those things down. And, and so then the next time on your golf course, you hit that shot, you take this just mental inventory of, well, what's the most likely solution for this? That one, one of the known things that I know will fix this. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have an order of operations and you're not just guessing because so many players, if you don't have that kind of structure and framework, you hit that shot. And then it's like, well, I saw this thing on Instagram and this probably will work. So I'll give this a go. And you're not guessing at stuff. There's no, and there's not a mystery of why something that happens. I think that's where real frustration comes on the golf course where you hit a shot and you have no idea why it occurred. It's kind of hard to self-coach that way. And how often do you find players coming back and saying, man, I just forgot. And therefore it's a yeah, good exercise for sure. to write it down Absolutely. and carry it on your bag somehow. All the time. Well, and, and they may not say the words they forgot, but mm-hmm. it becomes very clear. Like, Hey, <laughs> did you remember this mm-hmm. or this or this? Like, these are the steps that we can we can take to solve this. So that's, that's a quick exercise that, and you know, we do it for a pre-tournament, you know, the, the tournament readiness blueprint that we have has it for all the skill areas so that, you know, for a fact that you don't get in the heat of the battle in the tournament and lose sight of one of these helpful solutions that you've discovered. Awesome. All right. So to recap there. Yeah. Habit formation. Habit formation, the advice giving effect we learned about, and we got a training aid, Sensu Sports, and then uh, a little challenge to list your likely misses and known solutions. So hopefully that's a few things to consider and think about and hopefully take action on. We appreciate you listening for 2019. More coming in 2020. Interviews, more two by two. And if you find value in this, please share it or head over to iTunes and leave a review. 
Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge. 